Geek Shock. Geek Shock.
one time at Ka, my character, some English people were like, "Are you from Yorkshire?" And oh. I'm like, "No, I am not." Why do you act? Well, you, we're from Yorkshire, and you sound like you're from Yorkshire. <laughs> no, it's just like, God damn! I wish I knew how I was doing that. <laughs> and then from that I on, could you write that on again. my resume: Yorkshire accent. Very it was specific. very funny. It was flattering. And yes. it, it was also hugely amusing because our one Englishman was constantly getting shit for people because they said his accent was fake. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's the fakest English accent I've ever heard. And oh, was, well, it, really? And he was the real deal? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It was beautiful. Welcome to Geek Shock number. What is this? Is this 400 and... 50. Wow. Oh. Are we doing special for episode 450? Uh, yeah, we brought someone back. We did? Yeah. Oh. I'm oh. Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. What? And we're to talk yes. week in geek. I'm feeling good. Tonight, the I'm part of Maple Leaf Matt good. will be played by Maple Leaf Matt. Yes. Just out the post. An angry Canadian. I'm back. <laughs> and I'm better than ever. Yeah? Face facts. Your opinions don't matter. Oh, wow. This maniac oh, shit. will step on whoever. What's going on right now? I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's free verse poetry. I think, I think, so. a, I think he, he's become a beat poet when he's he became a nurse. He's shatnerizing something. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, mister. Get now, his crotch, Andy. Now, I will say, for our 450th episode, yes? Sam Heffernan yeah? wrote a new theme for <sighs> us. We have a theme? So... Well, one that he designed on, like really, on our you? own personal yeah, themes. Uh, however, he sent it to me in Lens a Google Drive that I don't have access to. So I'm hoping that that is what you heard at the beginning of this episode. If it wasn't that, then as soon as I have access to it, oh. I will put it on the episode. Dude, I can download that easily. Uh, he has to allow me access to it. It's a, oh. it's a step process thing. I got you. Yeah. So once I have the access... Sam, really appreciate it. I can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> Permission. Throw it on one of these episodes. Permission mm-hmm. not granted. <laughs> All right, so normally I say, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week, but I'm interested in the Canadian Maple Leaf Matt. Whatever. What did you do while you were gone? <laughs> he watched people play a game and we sat on the couch and twiddled. I'm sorry? Twiddled? He just didn't want to play with us. Why, why, why don't you want to play with... With, that, um, with them, he's not telling you the whole story. Oh, okay. For one, there's a player limit. <laughs> oh. There is on the game. Oh, is it one of those? Not on, not on the two to five D&D players. Game. Um, the D and D game. My character, I I couldn't play. I wasn't in this campaign. This is before me. Nor this was campaign. I, nor was I. Oh, wait a second. You, let's back this up. Barry was in town this weekend. Doctor Vlarg. Doctor Vlarg. And he wanted to bring the old D&D group back together. The yep. one that we had way back when. Like 15 years ago. A reunion tour. Ago, yeah. Yes. And uh, I couldn't make it because of various work Because you never things, make it. Because I never make it. And so Andy played my character, but there was no character for you to play. That is correct. Matt. Which was fine. So you just watched and listened? Yes. No, we got to fix that. And you see, worked. here I thought it was because Andy spilled a drink on you or something, so you were stewing on the He was no. a little angry. No. Okay. No. Really? Really? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you, Andy. That, that story. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he flashes back, back already. when you do that. 
I can feel the beard when I do right that. now. His eyes close. Mm-hmm. His, his head goes back wistfully. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, nothing wistful mm-hmm. about the yeah. experience. <laughs> so I was just chilling in the corner while they played. What did you at do? At my house. At your yeah. own house. Yeah. In the heat. Yeah, we're having AC issues. Not a good thing for Vegas. No. Uh, it's struggling to get below 80. Ooh. Yeah. Especially in the daytime, that must be ugly. Ugh. Yeah, big time. Big time. But uh, what did I do while I was gone? Uh, school. School. You went to that school. That was it. What are you studying? Uh, nursing. Awesome. Yes. Are you a nurse now? Nurse assistant. Nurse assistant. At the moment, yes. Is it hard to learn the lactate? S- step one. <laughs> Not a wet nurse, you idiot. <laughs> no, it's just, oh. it's just, just let it, uh, you know, nipple Why do for I come back? Why do I come back? This fucking guy. Is that your name now, Wet Nurse Matt? No. No. I like that. Wet Nurse Matt? I don't. Now, if that even catches a little momentum, I'm done. The milk gone. of I'm Canada. Gone. I'm gone. Wait, the wait, milk wait. of the north. I've got it. Moose Nurse Matt. <laughs> wow. Welcome back, bro. Wow. <laughs> Well, you haven't said anything, so that's perfect. But you three fucks. <laughs> Fuck. Torgo's just saving it to the end. I, oh, I saved mine for the battlefield, mother. Yeah. He oh, went and saved okay. the best yeah. he's for gonna, last. He's going to put it in when he uh, does the edit. Oh. <laughs> There'll be a and, whole song. And by put it in, I, ne- never Whoa. <laughs> Everywhere we are talking is this quack, 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 quack. Any significant geeky things you do while you... Uh, Took your break, or was it just all study? Was it, it was study all time? study because it was accelerated course. That's why it was only two months. Yeah, but it was, was like fa- school all the time. Years yes. of learning in two months. So how how many classes a week? Three. And how long were those classes? Uh, five hours each. Wow! Wow! That's uh, commitment. That's strong. And and now and then one whole clinical day or clinical day twice. So Monday and Wednesday is at the hospital for the whole day. All right. Yeah. So now you're going to set out a booth in front of Olive Garden and be there at the ready. <laughs> did, now, sir, did you have any breadsticks? Have, have you overcome <laughs> the, the queasiness? With oh, some yeah. Of the, yeah, okay. Body fluid doesn't bother me. Okay. Blood never has anything. <laughs> I want that t-shirt. Fluid shouldn't bother you. <laughs> fluid shouldn't bother you, sir, because you spilled enough That's fluid in your one. day. Geek shock. <laughs> Body fluid doesn't bother us. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, both my sisters are nurses, and they both said that being mothers has totally prepared them for the uh, the horrors of nursing. Because there's after you've been a parent, there's not much that frightens you in the, yeah. in the, in the emergency room. So I was like, oh, that's that's fair. That's so, fair. So Matt has to have a baby. Uh, that's, that's up to him, and that's right. where the lactation will come in okay, very yes. very useful. Yes. Oh. So Matt going to give birth. <laughs> And I hate you. I, and dude, I, I hate the best you. part suckle is the child. while be- breastfeeding, <laughs> you don't get pregnant. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the Family Guy episode where Peter tries to breastfeed Stewie is popping into my head now. Stewie's just like. <sighs> yeah, you do that face really well. I wish you could turn out. Like <laughs> so nothing geeky in that time. Because you said something about working on, a, on an army, but... Well, study oh, is none, pretty none, geeky. None. none zero. None. none. Stu- right. Studying is... Hardcore is pretty Absolute. geeky. Yeah, I can't... I'm, not, I'm certainly not to get... A, I few mean, mo- a few movies here and there. All joking um, aside, kudos on you for accomplishing yeah, yeah. that. That's that's pretty significant. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Where's the butt? I'm sorry? 
Where's the butt? No, no. Sorry, Lord. Bitch. I wish I had video run for that. That was the sound of Commander K shoving his ass in Matt's face. God, Andy's slow on the draw. Where's the way the ladies like it? Uh huh. Okay, where's? I was interpreting it the way that K did. Yeah, you know. Like I thought you went to nursing school. You'd know this by now. Yeah, really. That's no moon. It's a space station. And he's like, ah. Where's the butt? Not all praise contains a caveat. Holding a thermometer. So. There's got to be a butt here. I've got a job to do, goddammit. Oh, no, they don't do rectum thermometer anymore. It's not as accurate. Yeah. I... <laughs> rectum the more you know. Yeah. Very, very rare instances. People oh, tune in because we're informative. Mm-hmm. I know. It's an uh, extra 20 in, in, bucks, but in she classes? doesn't tell anybody in she classes? did it. So. Here's Rect- what my professor said. Uh. Okay. We do not. We no longer do rectum uh, thermometer uh, temperature taking anymore because we don't like sticking things up people's asses. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds plausible. Quoted. That's exactly what she Sounds said. Sounds plausible. Yeah. All right, then I will open I it to it. the floor. What geeky things did you do this week, gentlemen? Went to the Star Trek convention. Oh, that did happen this that week. That happened. Did. Yep. Well, I was there at the bar, so I guess I did that. Yeah, did you did attend? Uh, I poked my head in for about a minute. Just the tip. Just the tip. I was going to say, I didn't see you when I was No, I never, never, never even got inside the actual oh. convention. I just well, no, but well, I mean, I was... Well, that's because you have to lay out bunches and bunches of money just to walk yeah. in the door. I was all over the place. So I was in the convention. I was oh, wait. running around. Torgo, Vlarg, and I, oh. plus Deb and Paulette, yes. went to the... Um, the Void? The Void. The Void. The Void, that is that uh, VR experience that's opened up in Las Vegas. In they the have Venetian. multiple ones around the country. And gentlemen, did I undersell it? Or did I oversell it? No. no. You did not. Not in the slightest. It was beautiful. Yeah. Did I undersell it or did <laughs> I undersell it? <laughs> the 80s Jeff PR firm coming back strong. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's absolutely terrific. Everything you said was we did the Star Wars one. There, Star Wars, yes. yes, on the weekend of the Star Trek convention. Yes, That's correct. Yes, Jesus, because I have a long-standing and very vocal penis hate against what? the creation entertainment that puts on that Star Trek convention. Yeah, I know because they yeah. they pretty I, I, much I super bilk everybody for all their money. Will Wheaton has a little picture of you in his room where he makes his convention appointments to remind him. <laughs> Yes, he never calls me anymore. Well, <laughs> but yeah, it's a Star Wars VR experience, and it's very tactile. That's Hello. everything. That when there's a wall, you feel a wall. Yep. When there's a door, you feel a door. My head felt. Where there's the a wall. switch, where there's a gun, you feel it. Where there's lava, you feel the heat. Oh yeah, Whoa. it's very very yeah. immersive. Feel and even when you get hit heat. with the lava, it's hot on you. It's not just. Yeah. See, I never got hit with the lava, so I missed yeah. out on that part. Or at least that's what they told him it was. <laughs> and there's apparently Fluids. a myriad of ways of going through it. Uh, Vernon was uh, the one in charge of putting us through the, the oh, paces really? at this place. Well, that's cool. So he informed us afterwards that here's some other choices you could have made through oh. this experience to change things, some, some various outcomes. See, now I definitely want to do it again. So yeah, so it has some replayability. Nice. Ready Player One is here. And they've already announced they are bringing <laughs> Ghostbusters there. Yes, I, I found that out like the day before you guys went in there, and I was going to save it for the show, but apparently you guys all found out when you went through, so mm-hmm. I was like, ah, boom! Okay. Yeah, they were very, very much, yeah, we're bringing Ghostbusters here, it is all over the place, but but it's a fantastic experience. Uh, it's not cheap, 35 bucks. 
roughly. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because I think I did it for 25 a person with the local discount. But. Well, we had partial local discount. Oh, we had okay. to show an ID for yes. each person. Yes. So that was you know, three-fifths of our, our group. Ah, gotcha. But, yeah, if you come to Vegas, I highly recommend it. It is, oh, it is yeah. an excellent Star Wars experience. It's, it seemed to go fast, but it probably lasted about 15 minutes total. And, well, uh, it's 30 minutes total from beginning to end. Is it 30 minutes? Yeah. We were having know so it. much fun. Yeah. That's why. See? And we yeah. were. We, yeah. we, we embraced our stormtrooper mentalities. Yes. And until you grab the rifle. Until I grab the rifle and start shooting around the room for no reason and <laughs> setting off the red alerts. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Me and Barry were like, there was you a know, trying to blend aspect. in. Uh-huh. We were saluting other stormtroopers, like the NPCs, whatever. Uh-huh. This guy's like, ooh, blaster. <laughs> Takes it off the wall. Claxons, me and Barry look at each other like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it was Torgo, so you probably expected no less. Right. right. You're lucky yeah. you didn't get shot in the back. Yeah. And there's the fun of watching two stormtroopers, myself and Barry, playing patty cake. That, that, was, that was fun oh. in the VR experience. Probably, probably the most impressive thing for me was like the first time you get shot and you're just like, Holy shit, yeah. I just got shot. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting shot again. I need to start shooting back. <laughs> yeah, haptic feedback vest. It's very, very fun. Mm. So, yes. yeah, the void. It's a, you could miss it because it's just a stinky yeah, door yeah. in a large mall. It's hilarious. The only reason I caught it was because the, the hallway that you go down and then you hang a left and you go over this bridge that goes over the canal. And it's just happened to be straight ahead. That's the only way that I caught it. Only because I'm looking for signs. He I'm was. like, I see nothing, and I'm I was just, there with him. Yeah, it just it was like, um, where the oh, there it is, right there. The ice cream parlor next to it is yeah. much more visible and apparent. Yeah, and it has a bigger sign too. Yes. I think mean, there's really not a oh, sign and, on the and thing. that logo. Yeah, is like. <laughs> right, and it, and it does. It's supposed says, to be boy. It's like a capture. No, it's just it's like VO and then ID underneath, and it's like and they're overlapping yeah. and interlaced and white and, and black. And, and, and it could be any consultant firm in New York, mm. right? Yes. As far as the look of it, yes, very much. So, so. yeah, unless yeah, you the, study it and see the Star Wars on the inside, because there's no real Star Wars yeah. on the outside of it. And then even when you walk in, it's it's somewhat nondescript. So you're looking around, unless you saw the T-shirts on the wall behind the. The uh, the computers where they register you, it's you're like, oh, is this the right? Oh, okay, must be the right place because there's a Star Wars T-shirt up there, and yeah, so yeah, you'll you'll easily miss it, right. absolutely. And the uh, when we're getting our backpacks and VR helmets on, it's very like, this is what I can imagine in about fifty years, what trooper like soldiers going to go through, like yeah, being drop zone, like remember your training, you will survive, like that kind of thing, like right. Starship, very Starship trooper esque. And the, the, the sad part is with medical advancements, we'll all be able to get drafted. Oh, <laughs> yes. We'll and, all play remotely. We'll control some robot on a <laughs> on a battlefield somewhere. Yeah, like the, the who's, what the fuck are those people are? In Guardians, the gold oh, team, yeah, yeah, yeah. the remote. Yeah. yeah, yes. Either that or just old man's war is going to come, come true. Yeah. So. Right. I want that. Put me in a new body. You know. With green skin. <laughs> and... So it's very Ender's Game-ish, right? Mm, like we're playing a game, not realizing we're actually killing some poor guy over there. Spoilers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. What else you do this week, gentlemen? Uh, any highlights, Jeff, from the Star Trek convention? Uh, I mean, it was... Aside from the news, which we'll get to later. Yeah, I was going to say, apart from the surprise announcement that we'll get to later, that, of course, I was in the dealer room when it happened, 
and I come out and I have I have uh, people that I go, oh my god, did you just hear what happened? And I'm like, no, what happened? And they're like, go on Twitter, like, why aren't you? It's all over Facebook. And I'm like, <laughs> aren't you on social media? I'm like, I haven't looked at it today. <laughs> I, I've I've been in a car. I'm a little yeah. busy. Yeah. I've been meeting Star Trek people. So yeah, you'll of course get to the the news announcement. But yeah, it was fun, and I and of course nobody's telling me. And I'm like, oh, fine. So flip out. And I'm like, really? This just happened? And they're like, yeah, it was amazing. He came <laughs> it out. must be. And I'm just like, god damn it. So frustrating for someone to tell you they have news, uh-huh. but then not tell you what it is. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, they don't want what to spoil an the obnoxious thing to do. Don't want to spoil the, the yeah. surprise. But you see it's on Facebook and they walk away. Like is that what happened? No, I mean they stuck there. They stuck around. I mean, I'm I'm sitting there expecting them <laughs> to tell me the news. They don't tell you, and but they want. And like, they're like, they're like, get your phone out. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you're gonna make me go on my phone and not just tell me what just happened? Were you're there, su- you're 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 excited beyond words, and you want me to discover it? Oh okay. God! Were there cookies involved? No, there were no, no cookies involved. No cookies. Okay. Well, except At least for not the for website me. that had the news and they well, downloaded yeah, there, there it to go. the phone, and then you know so. He could go back later and it'd be easier. But I uh, got to see friends from all over the world that I, I only get to see about once a year. So that was very cool. I did miss a few of them. It was just like crossing paths. Like sometimes I'd see them across the room, try to get their attention. And Starships passing and they're like, oh, in the shit, night. Jeff yeah, and yeah. run that way. Uh, it might have been. It could have been. <laughs> like, oh, shit, there's that weird guy. Fuck. Okay. Huh. But uh, no, overall, it was a lot of fun. Uh, got to see a lot of people. Got to see a lot of cool things. Uh, didn't get to do everything I wanted to do, but that happens pretty much every year. That's you a know? con, man. You just, can't, you just can't do it all. And sometimes it was just because I would get locked in conversations, you know, in this area or that area. And then it's like, oh, shoot, a whole hour's gone by. I need to, you know, run over to this next thing. But, but yeah, a lot of fun. What was the highlight for you? The highlight for me? Um, gosh. I was gonna say the dealer room. I've I've made my dealer room feelings known, and it that kind of continues on. Uh, the dealer room felt kind of sparse this year. Uh, like it, I heard that feel, from others. Felt like it was uh, there were a lot less exhibitors there, and even the ones that were there, you know, the the prices were still inflexible. They weren't willing to barter any, and and, and more so autographs. Forth. I heard uh, a lot more autographs this year. In fact, a lot of the autographs went to. Um, Either the, you would get a ticket from them and they would sign at their own table in the dealer room. So many of the actors were signing all week. And some of them were signing at their own table, so you were paying them directly. Which I actually prefer, because then you know they're getting the money. Because, you know, without trying to trash any convention organizer, what's happened in the past, and many actors have spoken about this, they'll sign a contract for saying that they'll get paid a certain amount for a certain number of autographs. And then afterwards, the convention organizer will turn around and then double their cut without saying anything. So sometimes they'll walk through and find out that, you know, maybe they agreed to what they thought was a 50% charge. They're making like $25 an autograph. Come to find out the convention is charging $100 or $80 per autograph. So uh, that happens frequently. Yes. Um, not just creation. Other other cons do it, but creation is is sneakily known for it uh of course none of the actors will talk to it talk about it because they don't want to get shunned from the from the cons but uh i've seen it mm-hmm. i've seen it wi- bore witness to it so yeah 
But anyway, uh, gosh, uh, going back to your question, the highlight for me, honestly, the highlight was just seeing everybody. You know, all the people you've missed. Yeah, all the people all that the I because a lot people. of them were regulars at the experience. So these the are track. people that would you know come in once or twice all a year and you know come to the to the bar and sit and have a drink and chat with us. You had a and different relationship with the customers and most of the people in this yes. room did because you were not in heavy makeup. Yes. No, that that is true. And and you know, the, and Kirsten can tell you the actors did like thirty minutes on, thirty minutes off the floor. So. I could tell you, but I won't. A, you know, a guest can come in and sit at the bar, and they might be there a couple hours, and we're there the whole time, obviously taking care of them and other guests. But you know, Bringing we, we out struck their up chicken wings. Yeah, we struck up the, the little lime in their Coronas. Right. You're sitting but, there just with a bar rag and a glass. No, Tommy, your story. Big on it. I wish I had enough time to just sit around and yeah. polish a glass, but no. I was usually busy, but uh, struck up great friendships over the years, and, and I'm happy to say they still continue it, it, all these years it later. It is funny. Boy, oh boy, were the bartenders popular. Mm-hmm. People people uh, will track down Darren. Yes. Yes. To, just, to, just to visit him, just to go to the bar he's, when he's working. Yeah, he's a, you know, they'll go to the bar he works at, and he'll make them Warp Core Breaches. So sure. They, the, the Warp Core Breach lives on. Uh what what's funny about the side part of that story there, Kirsten, is to this day people will run into me that don't necessarily remember my name. We're like, "Hey, you're the guy that always used to bartend with Darren, right?" <laughs> so they'll remember him. So, but I'm the guy that bartended with him. So I'm like the sidekick. You're his number two. So Darren yeah. makes warp core breaches without the dry ice, though, because Mullins well, doesn't stock dry ice, um, do they? So. Wow. The answer to your question is... Guess what? Is Andy hasn't been served. If <laughs> Apparently. If Darren knows you're coming, mm-hmm. like sometimes people will say, hey, I want to go see Darren at the bar, mm-hmm. and I'll text him, and if he gets that message, he'll, he will go to the grocery store, pick up some dry ice, and you can have an authentic Warp Core Breach with the dry ice. Why have I not known this before? You guys don't love me. You've never told me you're going over there to get a Warp Core Breach. I'm yeah. over there all the time! <laughs> But are you going to second home for a long time? But are you specifically going to get it? I am. I am not going to. I can do it. Yes. All right. Well, Um, then tell me when you're going, and I'll text him. Unless you know the secret menu, you're not going to get animal style. Yeah, Mm. that's right. It's true. Jeez, that's right. Can I get a warp core dry? (laughs) I wiggle, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ow. Yeah. (laughs) What else you do this week, gents? I went to DeadCon. Yeah. What is DeadCon? What's a DeadCon? DeadCon yeah. is, is, well, okay, you know what? What? Before I start on DeadCon, I have to tell Jeff. Okay. He owes someone a big thank you. Oh. And maybe a little bit of an apology. Okay. And maybe a little reach around. You see, because a couple weeks ago, he oh. went on a rant. Jeff Uh-oh. did veritable screed. Ah. Maybe even more than a couple weeks ago. Wow. Where he was talking about not getting rum cake. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and this delightful, kind, innocent human being. This 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 mother of four. Yes. Actually five and a half if you count Lewis. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I was giving you grief for not getting me the rum well, cake. Well, she not didn't her. take it that way, my friend. Okay. She was devastated. Rum she was appalled. You. She was hurt. Pain. 
<laughs> so oh, pissed off rum cake. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> we got that's a that's a tin. Oh my god, it's even got a Geek Shock podcast uh, logo <laughs> on it. How funny is that? Is this a bumper sticker? That is uh, the Geek Shock whatever it is. <laughs> Probably a printout. Rum it cake is great at rum cake. She's also a mistress of printouts. Mm. This one has no pe- pecans. Oh wow. Okay. It's oh, a wait. little smushed. Wait, th- there's three rum cakes? Well, no, 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 no. They're All right, cakes. hold on a second. Talk. Uh, uh, well, dead air, dead air, dead air. No, no, no. <laughs> Good to have yes. you back. So Good yeah, this all back. was happening during. We had like two game nights. We had a D and D game night, and then we had like a regular game night. Game night with lots of games going on. Okay. And uh, yeah, the rum cake did show up during that. Oh, and there's a rum. Oh my! Please tell me we get to keep that. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Sorry. You've got rum cake. You were going to be able to keep you it, but be, now I'm taking it. But you can be happy. So, uh, well, this, she, to be she, fair, this gets to pour over the top, correct? Yes. yes. And okay. she uh, she made little rum cakes. This is apparently a Barry idea that he suggested. They got a little... Uh, they look like little cinnamon rolls. little divot on the top to hold the rum. Ah. So... Um, but yeah, we have rum cake. It's like a rum cake. And, shot and the rum that was brought, what was making these two goo 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 gaga, is Captain Morgan private, private stock. stock. This is uh, my friend Grieg, who I used to work with at the Experience, um, will occasionally bring a flask with him to like special events and so forth, and he only puts private stock in the flask. So I know oh. that when he offers me a swig. I know I'm getting Captain Morgan private stock. So this is one and of the Greek few rums. Wash. Yes, one of the few rums I will drink on the rocks. Yeah, straight on, or even neat. You can drink it neat, and what it's about, just what about fantastic. What about sorry, Monte Monte Crisco rum? That's okay, Monte Crisco. I'll take El Dorado, <laughs> Monte Cristo, Monte Cristo. You're not a rum yeah. man. Yeah, you are a rum man. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Okay, I was gonna say El Dorado, Ron Zacapa, twenty-three year, cracking. <laughs> Kraken is okay. I think it's a good mixing black rum. I don't think it's great on the rocks on its own. I, I concur because uh, I've I've made some some pina coladas with the Kraken. Mm. I've made some uh, release the Kraken. I've made some other mixed drinks that you could use like a spice pants rum up, in, no. and it goes really well. But mm. as a straight drinking rum, it's it's not the greatest. Okay. So, Deadcon Deadcon is a convention of evil. Oh. Demons, so evil, devils, evil. vampires, oh, werewolves, wraiths, liches, how drow. Do I, how do I get a ticket? I know. It ain't it's easy. Hard. It ain't easy at all. It ain't easy at all. What you do is like you can pimpin'? get the basic general admission ticket, but Not, then you've got to do stuff to actually get the VIP ticket. But wait, wait. What stuff? Wait. Even, getting the basic, <laughs> even getting the basic ticket, we had to... It took some work. Yeah. We had to... How, how'd you get a ticket? A Red Wizard of Thay gave it to oh, us. Oh, wait a second. This isn't a real con. It's not an actual con. Don't okay. you say that. Wait, 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 wait. Don't you talk wait, wait. that way. He said vampires, devils, liches, and you thought it was a real con. Have this you, is a Barry you're talking thing. to Todd. Have you not played White Wolf? Okay. So, Drow. Yep. Our, our ongoing D&D campaign with Barry that started in 4E and has been converted to 5E. Oh, and I wasn't a part of, but hey. Yeah. And that started how many years ago? A lot. A lot of years ago. Uh, my my dad was still alive. Ah, that's long we're talking time ago. Like eight or nine years ago. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Not longer than that, I think. Maybe ten. 
You guys might have been going longer. No. I don't know. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Uh, <clears throat> oh, dude, Star Trek was still open. Oh, yes. Because he was talking. Uh, he he was like, I just got the blah, blah, blah. What do I, blah, blah. And I was like, initiative. I'll make sure you get, you get improved initiative. And he was like, and he later on, he's like, yeah, you're right. That's, that's very important. And blah, blah, blah. And then when he was, I've started my campaign. It's going to be fun. And I'm like, oh, dude, you got to tell me how it goes. I want to hear this. And it was really weird because he texts back, well, I suppose it could add another person to the game. And I wasn't even <laughs> asking, but I was like, okay. <laughs> so this is back in the flip phone. Where you're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where it's one character at a time shows up on the. But um, shall we play a game? Our, <laughs> our party has to make contact with this one lich. Because that lich has information that we need to go after a Sarah. I'm sorry? The lich of the Tomb of Horrors. Ooh. Yeah. That right there gives me chills of happy. I know. I know, right? So, DeadCon, which was this year, just outside of Menzo Baranzin, An City of the Drought. convention within the D&D universe. Yep. And, uh, and explain where that is for people that aren't D and D people. What Menzo Berenzin? Yes, that's that is a city of Drow that is two miles under the earth. Somebody farted. No, I just suddenly felt the, a wave of heat, so I'm going to turn the AC up. Oh yeah, oh, no. oh, I, did, I did too. I did that's too. me. I'm sorry. I, I do too. that. You see how much has changed since you've been gone, Matt? That no. that, that Jeff is initiating the AC. Wow. So, Barry makes a dead con program. What happened, 80s? We actually have a, a program with a map of the con convention where Very the nice. Grand Hall is, the exhibit area, yeah, the lodging area. Little warnings, you know, we're close to Menzo Baranzin, so don't kill any spiders. Ah, yes. This is a really nice program. It's very fun. Professionally put together. And it, he reproduces... The experience of going to a game convention. We had to get a VIP ticket oh, so we expensive. can get a hold of this contact, Samuel. Contact mm -hmm. is the moment. And, and the way you get VIP tickets Everything is you participate in things. So there was a fighting pit, right? Now, naturally, us badass uh, party, we're all like, oh, well, we could do that. You know, uh, Deb was all into it. Yeah. <laughs> With her ranger, but then we found out it's melee only, and she's a, oh. she's an archer. Yes, so she's out. So then it's like, oh well, it's between Paulette and Kirsten because they've got the guys who melee. Uh, Lewis is a wizard. Andy was playing your sorcerer, and he was By the way, he's he he loves the deck of many things. Oh, oh yeah. His hands are all over that deck. No one should love the deck of many things. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Andy deck is, is Andy. wonderful. So well, now, to be the, fair, my the, character was a chaos sorcerer with personality emphasis issues. on yes. the chaos. Yes, isn't uh, isn't Todd in the deck of many things? Yes, yes. the yes, asshole. The, the asshole. asshole. Yep. And it's funny <laughs> because Barry insists that he has rules written out. For if you draw the asshole, mm. he does. I have a copy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually. Uh, playing your insane character, your your delightfully wacky character, I actually use the uh, deck of many things as a weapon. 
Wow. Yeah, it was wonderful. You played him right. Yeah. Stop using the deck as a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you misogynist. <laughs> Perpetuating the patriarchy. Okay. <laughs> so we're like, uh, she's a paladin, and I'm a hexblade. So we're like, we'll go in there, we'll kick some ass, and then uh, then we'll get our VIP tickets. Then we find out the fights take place, the pit is in an anti-magic field. Oh. So the paladin and the hexblade are like, fuck that. <laughs> so no fighting. No fighting. How are we going to get this fucking VIP ticket? There's a monster trivia game. <gasps> Name that monster. Yes. yes. So we go in there. Our characters are sitting down in the audience. There's a stage. An MC comes out, and he's got covered cages behind him. And so the MC Barry starts reading a text about the monster. Monster manual. Oh, God. And he's like, <laughs> this creature, a fake creature, and he would give us a beat to jump in with something. You know? And th- it, the first one right off, he fucks up. It's three feet tall. And we're like, oh, well, it can't be a fairy or a pixie because the three. And he's like, describing me. And then he describes things. And we're all staring at him. And he's like, it's a pixie. And of course, Deb is just like, pixies aren't three feet tall. And, you know, he's like, all right, all right. I fucked that one up. Smurfs <laughs> don't lay eggs. Yeah. So he's like, a curtain is pulled from a cage, and there's a little pixie. And the guy goes, it's a pixie. Firebolt, he kills the pixie. Oh. So then he goes on and he describes an umber hulk. He describes a flump. That's some deep D and D shit. Rust right monster. There. That's the one I got. Yep. And rust monster. Andy picked Old up on D&D. that one. Yeah. I threw out a couple. I missed Galeb Durr by just this, just a hair. I was about to say it, and then Barry cut me off with an NPC. We win though. Ah. We do win between Andy, me, Lewis. But, you know, we we name enough. But mind you, every time. We win every time a monster gets named. They it, reveal it. It's it fireballed, and, and a lot of the gets, monsters are lawful good creatures. Now, <laughs> so we win the contest. Congratulations, you won the trivia contest. And we're like, okay, good. I think we can do this now. And this actually, that was a couple hours into the session. Yep. Took us a while to get rolling. Then he goes, but we have a bonus round. Bonus round. Uh-huh. One more to go. This is a freebie. This creature is a celestial creature. Ah. And I've figured it out pretty quickly. I'm going, nobody guess, nobody guess, nobody guess, nobody guess, nobody <laughs> it guess. It has four legs. Don't guess. Oh. Nobody guess. And it runs in the forest. Nobody ah. guess. And a horn on its head. Of course. And Deb goes, oh, it's a unicorn. And he goes, yes, you won. I'm like, Congratulations. Oh, no. oh, no. And the curtain lifts, and there's a unicorn in a cage. Oh, no. And he points at it and goes, we're not going to kill it. Oh, good. Because tomorrow... You, and he points to Deb, get to eat it at the unicorn feast. Oh, Jesus Christ. And we're just like, oh, God, this is awful. And he's like, you'll get the most succulent cut and the horn. And Deb's just sitting there like, uh-huh. Ranger Deb. Yeah. So we're la- and, he- and he's laughing. Barry is enjoying himself so much. We're laughing, kind of. So it's and this over. is where it went off the rail. And we're we're heading oh. we're heading out. It hasn't gone off the rail and yet. Andy Andy is like, okay, how are we gonna rescue the unicorn? 
And Lewis is practical <laughs> Lewis, so he's all, well, we really can't. We got to do this. And Deb's like, no rescuing the unicorn. We've got to do the mission. We can't screw things up. And of all people, <laughs> the person who really picks up on Andy's we got to rescue the unicorn oh, no. is Paulette. The paladin and, Paulette. And when Paulette, well, let's not get excited. <laughs> yeah. Paladin. Black Knights. Paulette's paladin, folks, in case you haven't heard a few uh. past stories, is the type of paladin who goes, are we done interrogating this tied-up goblin that's totally helpless? And we go, yeah, we're finished. And she goes, Radiant Lance, and kills it. <laughs> That seems like that would cause some problems with your... There was a moment earlier in the game alignment. where Barry was about to wipe her off. So she was being very careful with the alignment because he definitely drew the line and said, do you really want to do that? Yeah, do you yeah, really want to do that? He said that like three times and just stared at her. <laughs> but But it was funny because apparently there are places you can go in a role-playing game that Paulette will not go. Ah, and so and unicorn eating a unicorn is it? <laughs> we then spend the next hour oh, talking about no. how it was like three hours. Which, how we can possibly rescue this unicorn? And I'm over on the couch, like, thank God I'm not in this game because I'd have lost and it. Barry is fucking dying. It turns out almost literally. It turns out it was an off the cuff joke. He thought of it in the moment and just said it as a ha-ha to throw out there. And it totally derailed the, the adventure. It totally just... And so we're actually... We're actually... We left. We had to end because Aunt Barry... Well, he says he ate something that upset his stomach. I think we just aggravated the hell out of him and he it out. But so whenever the game resumes. had to call the session uh, due to Barry, inclement Barry... <laughs> and uh, and it was funny too because while this is all going on, you're texting me mm-hmm. about coming over. I'm trying to figure out Google Maps so I can send you a link. Well, the funny thing about I mean, once once uh, once the Paladin was on board, then we slowly started dragging other people into the scheming because Lewis loves a challenge. He was immediately trying to figure out what spells because because there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of problems i mean that we know where the unicorn is we did get down to see the unicorn you have to teleport into this con oh and inside the con there's no teleporting out so you can't the teleportation like is a unicorn. special circle okay right and and which is guarded yep yeah. yeah guarded. we had to pass by three different sets of guards and his patrolling guards to get to where the unicorn was right um yeah there's all kinds of i mean and as i when i told duncan the story he goes so you guys are trying to do a unicorn rescuing caper movie in the middle of this game. <laughs> yeah, which was originally like a suspenseful spy thriller right. uh, by, uh, by John le Carre. Taking place in an evil con. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, but I mean, Lewis got into it and Kirsten is starting to try and figure out ways I, to I'm make things. I'm turning around on it. <laughs> I'm just like, well, we, prob- you know, we probably should rescue yeah. the unicorn. Yeah. And yeah, like Andy said, Lewis loves it. Because he's like, guys, we can't do this. We have to finish the mission. However. But if we were to try it, 
Yeah. <laughs> like how fast is a unicorn? Right. How fast can it run? Yeah. Blah, 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 What's blah. its speed? You know what? what can it do? Right. Wait, can't unicorns teleport? But it has to be out of the field. Where would it go? It can only teleport a mile. We're two miles underground. Fuck that. Fuck. <laughs> Oh God! It was, and and it, eventually we're just laughing at Barry because <laughs> he is just holding his head in his hands. He's just like, God damn it! He's like, I wrote, I wrote, I, I, oh. And in Barry's, Barry's offense, I mean, this 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 guidebook is written brilliantly. There's a whole bunch of different. Uh, 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 it has a list pan- of exhibitors, panels, panels, and, and he was ready and did extemporaneously. Conduct several Anything panels. we did. We go to this panel, and he would then proceed to do the panel. He was ready for He hour. was ready for everything except for a unicorn except caper rescue. Except for a unicorn <laughs> rescue. Oh, it, it was such a con- except Knights Except for of- Wild 6. Yeah. Exa- oh, my yes. God. It was such a Knights of the Dinner Table yeah. moment. It was fantastic. But it will happen. We will rescue Sparklemane. Andy named it. Oh, no. <laughs> now, it's, now it has to be done. Yeah. The NPC has a name. Oh, yeah, just, no, I mean, so, so I mean, that's where you left off. Yeah, that's where we left off. But I mean, Jesus. clearly it was going to start out as like you know the beginning, you know the beginnings of Ocean's Eleven, and and by the end either we'll be dead or we'll all be sitting around the table, Sparkle Main Six, e- e- eating eating <laughs> eating unicorn and trying to look, <laughs> trying not to oh, bark, <laughs> trying to look like you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. This is the best yeah. unicorn ever. It's it's either going so to, good. it's either going to be Dirty Dozen or an Italian Giallo <laughs> Never movie. Never tasted anything better in my yeah. life. Oh my oh, god, god. dude, it's oh, just wow. so damn funny. That night was hilarious. Uh, the the other game night, uh, Justin, old oh. uh, Barry's old WoW buddy, and his wife came over. Uh, her his wife followed after. It was, at this point, it was just Justin, and Lewis bought a new game. Okay. And, uh, you know, one of the big <laughs> trends going on right now are these, you know, guess who games, right? Like Murder, Secret Werewolf, Werewolf, uh, Bang, right? He buys one that's Lies, Camelot. That's Arthurian base. It's a pretty good game. Okay. And it's like you've got followers of Modred. You've got uh, uh, Knights of Arthur. You've got Merlin. There's an assassin. And if you have larger groups, there are more little hidden characters. And you're supposed to go on quests, and you either succeed or fail in the quest. And depending on succeeding in the quest, the good guys win. If the ba- unless the bad guys stop it. So to establish, so ev- everybody goes on a quest at the same time. Uh, no, or- we vote on teams because oh. that's part of the process of figuring out who's who. So it's really funny because I'm bo- bopping around getting a drink and stuff while Lewis is starting stuff he's passing out cards and everything and he's like alright Kirsten we're ready and okay well, it's, we'll start as soon as Kirsten sits down and blah 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 okay we're gonna go as soon as Kirsten sits down so I finally sit and Lewis is like alright everybody close your eyes and he goes now minions of Mordred and I go wait 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 wait, wait. how do we know who we are and Lewis is like oh God, and everyone laughs. Look at your card. And I pick up my card in front of me. And he's like, okay, so everyone close your eyes and put your put your arm out with a fist in front of you. And, and, and then, God, what uh, was it Justin? Yep. Justin, what the fuck did he say? Yep. He's, uh, he said, oh, he said, minions of mortar, open your eyes. And Justin goes, hey, how do we know which one? How do I know which ones are the Miss Minions and Mordred? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> do we open our eyes now? And Lewis is like, no, minions of Mordred. And then, and then, and then somebody said, should I be standing or sitting? And we just start throwing shit out. And <laughs> wait, I mean, okay, is my arm? Which arm is out? I mean, we just threw it all at Lewis. And Lewis finally goes, okay, 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 give me your cards. We're gonna start over. <laughs> he scoops them up. Yep. But the whole idea is the evil well, people identify themselves. Yes. They, so, they so to will, one another. They'll look at each other. Kind of resistance does this, I believe. Uh, yeah. And then I think that's the engine okay. for this game. And then uh, then everyone closes their eyes again and evil holds up their thumb. Merlin, who's one character on the side of good, gets to see who evil is. Makes and sense. And then close eyes and everybody opens and we begin. We're all knights of the round table. Let's go on this quest. And then you have to sit there and either sabotage or succeed. Merlin has to guide the group without expressly saying, I'm Merlin and these three are evil. And uh, the assassin is an evil guy who actually is a last minute moment that evil can win. If good is about to complete all the quests, evil, the team of evil reveals themselves and the assassin goes, I think so-and-so's Merlin. And if they're right, Merlin's dead. They win. If they're wrong, good succeeds and triumphs. So it's, it's good for all the good people to kind of do Merlin-esque things. Yeah, well, and it's also good for Merlin to know who's evil. Yeah. Right. Because when I opened my eyes as Merlin to look at evil, mm-hmm. I saw Stephanie, Justin, and I could have sworn I saw Barry's thumb. But apparently it was Andy's. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I run at the, I'm like looking at Lewis, and I'll be like darting my eyes at Barry. And I'm like, <laughs> and Lewis, who is, of course, really smart, that isn't, that isn't working into his calculus. He's like, I, why, why does he keep looking at Barry? So Lewis is all confused. And Andy actually notices me trying to signal Lewis. So Andy is ready. Andy knows. And. Oh, God, we lost that round. And I was the assassin, so... <laughs> yeah, if, Andy was if, the assassin. If Evo hadn't won, we would have killed him anyways and won. <laughs> also, there was a point where to complete the quests, you've got a, a good card and a bad card, and you lose the quest if one bad card is in there, so Evil tends to put in a bad card. And so we did the first one, and he said, all right, now everybody flip over your card. And everyone did. And I'm like, shouldn't that be a blind thing? Should we not know who put yeah. this? <laughs> everyone's, everyone's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I chose evil. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, shouldn't that be blind? And Lewis is like, you know what, Andy? I think you're right. Like <laughs> the cards, shuffle them, do it. Everyone give me your cards. Oh, and, and then for the rest of the night, should I be standing? Was a line. <laughs> that we would use yep. my oh. eyes open and then we played code names okay and the last round we played of code names barry was the clue giver okay and he got it down till there's one card left to make us guess and he said sparkle unicorn very see that's that's how code names is supposed to be dude the crowning moment though when i was clue giver lewis was on my team we lay out the cards they flip the grid we're looking at the words and lewis goes oh look four capitals isn't that convenient ha 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 and i looked at it and i looked at the grid and it's like okay blue you start and i go four capitals no i go capitals and lewis is like no no 
<laughs> bing, 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 four. bing. You guys must have played a game after I left. Yeah. I don't remember that. So we we started with four. Wow. <laughs> right off the bat. Wow. And it was just so damn funny. The only thing that would have made it more funny is if Lewis and I had been on different teams. Yeah. But anyway, end of uh, digression. That's what we did. That's a hell of a thing. Oh, yeah. it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> Always the time when Barry comes to town. That yeah. D&D game is a lot of fun. Maybe I, it's because we only play it like once or twice a year, but mm. <laughs> well, that's we like, got to get mad at character. That's like yeah. our d You can play Sparkle Pony well, play it once or twice a year. Sparkle Yes. I'm not being Sparkle <laughs> You'd be a great Sparkle No, I'm not being Sparkle <laughs> You already got the personality, dude. You've got you've got <laughs> since wow. you've got since Brony yeah. 150 feet, and Andy just bips on your radar. <laughs> <laughs> your Bronar, uh, your Bronar, Bronar, Bronar. Kirsten pointed out too. If we if we do rescue Sparkle Main, she's he or she is probably going to point out that that that's that it hates that name. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like hoping. It's like the first thing I want Barry to do is to have the unicorn get offended and kill Andy. Sparkleman is my slave name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the alien greys. If we become friends with the alien greys and we learn what they're really called, yeah. isn't greys racist at A that point? Bit, yeah. 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 So I uh one more geeky thing because okay. I have to mention it. I went to see Cabaret, which is great. Ah yes. Which isn't that oh, geeky. Shit, yeah. But then I went. Hey, to theater's always geeky, in my opinion. But Cabaret. it's a little devastating. Cabaret. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a rough, a rough play. Well, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, afterwards, directly afterwards, there was another performance going on, and I checked, and they had tickets. So I saw Cabaret followed by Clown Bar. What clown is Clown Bar? bar? You're a Clown <laughs> Bar. <laughs> clown Bar is a uh, noir clown play. <laughs> okay, I'm still not as as informed as I'd like to be. It's uh, it's it's bizarre. I mean, it's it's kind of like <laughs> clown gangsters. Uh, uh, the, a cop comes in who used to be a clown who's trying to investigate the murder of his brother, who who's, who's also a character, and it keeps it keeps popping back to flashback, and the guy will come flopping off stage and the clown out. Andy's original original tagline was was the best. It is a film noir play. With clowns, yeah, that's that's a good. Which difference. is it, and it, I I heard that sentence and it was just like, oh fuck, I gotta watch this goddamn yeah. thing. Yeah. Clown bar. There's also a burlesque routine in it that starts out with the uh, with the burlesque clown coming out, essentially a strip that she's gonna get and putting her clothes on. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So it's a reverse striptease. Yes. Yeah. Family oriented. Hey. Yeah, see. In fact, <laughs> I was standing at the bar with the director. Afterwards, and he had there was a guy next to him I didn't recognize, and the woman who was the burlesque performer, who was actually the director's wife, okay, walked up and turned to the other guy and said, "Oh look, it's my nephew who's seen my his his, his aunt's boobs twice in one night <laughs> because she was in cabaret also the theater." <clears throat> Is this a cockroach theater joint? It sounds like a cockroach theater it's, joint. It's uh, Troy Heard from um, uh, Majestic Theater, which okay. is on Main Street now. But it was keep that was um, that was uh, Onyx is where he was at for before Onyx got weird, so he created his own theater. Makes the sense. Yeah, makes all the sense. Uh, I, I got I got uh, roped into buying three novels that I didn't expect I was going to have to buy. Oh, I've been following Sam Sykes on Twitter because he's <laughs> awesome to follow on Twitter. We, uh, we've gone on again about his interactions with Chuck Wendig and Mike Cole. 
Um, it's the best straight man and two wacky geniuses comedy I've ever seen. Uh, but Sam Sykes is a epic fantasy writer, and his latest series starts with uh, City Stained Red. And they're not small novels. They're 500-plus page novels. So I started reading City Stained Red. And I got in about, eh, about 30, 40 pages, and I'm like, these characters are really lived in. And I mean, from the moment you, you start reading them, he's like, okay, these, these characters are drawn out. And just on a whim, I ended up listening to a podcast interview from a few years ago of Sword and Laser. That's a podcast that is all about science fiction and fantasy books. And they did interview with Sam Sykes right about the time that uh, this series came out. And he's talking about his uh, Eons Gate series, which he did prior to. I was like, oh, okay, it's another epic fantasy series. That was his first one because he's known for being one of the younger epic sci-fi writers to have hit strong. He, he released his first novel when he was 25, which is young and epic fantasy. Uh, it turns out the characters from City Stained Red onward are the same characters in the Aeon's Gate series. Uh-huh. Ah. And you don't have to read the Aeon's Gate series. You can start not. with City Stained Red and, and go forward, but my brain can't do that. How far were you into City Stained Red? Yeah, about 30, 40 pages. Oh, okay. So, so not so far. Bad. Thank goodness. So I went to look up the Aeon's Gate series to say, oh, okay, it's about 1,500 pages altogether when you come down to it. Uh, no longer in print as far as individual books go, but there is an omnibus edition out there that collects all the series. And since the Kindle version of that is $12.99 for all books, now I have started a 1,500-page novel of three novels wow. so I can read the other novel that I already started and catch up. Good thing it's a graphic novel month for the, uh, for the uh, book Yes, club. it is. Yeah. And that graphic novel is The Private Eye by Brian K. Vaughn. Clap, Thank clap. You. That's your segue. That is very good. Yeah. Are and, they uh, watching we'll, you? We'll start. Uh, very nice. And we will start uh, discussing that on the 8th. Um, if you're having a hard time finding it, because it is a little pricey in the hardcover edition, uh, there is a digital edition out there that uh, Michael Johnson was kind enough to post when he suggested this book. So look in the nomination section of the Geek Shock book club page. And I believe it's kind of like a pay what you want kind of thing for this book. Huh. If I, if I kind of scanned so it over. So it's, so it's a fairly inexpensive way of getting it if you don't mind reading it digitally. Canadian dollars. That's right. Nothing. <laughs> Because, you say sorry after. Because I think the cheapest edition I could find was like 25 bucks. Wow. Oof. So, yeah. Speaking of was digital this? comics, I downloaded the first two issues of Tarna. Ah, Tarna. This, is, this is the character you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's a continuation of the heavy metal heroine. She was made for the movie, but the magazine has since picked her up and, and has adventures and stories, and this is new. Uh, with with Alex Ross covers. Ooh. Oh wow! Tarna by Alex Ross. So that was made cool. for you, close personal friend, kind of sort of friend of the family. Friend no, of, sorry, no, friend not of the family. Really. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, yeah, I threw out the request uh, last week uh, for uh, obituaries. Right, right, right. Oh, right yes. our obituaries. We didn't have. We only had one person bite. What? So you're gonna like this. All right, Pat Spurl. So I've uh, Minty Scoop actually sent this one. Minty Scoop. So I am going to read the obituary she sent for Andrew Taylor. Of course, (laughs) he was going to get the first obituary. (laughs) 
It was a kind of a given. Well, I mean, that, that was, was kind of how we pitched it last <laughs> week. He's like, how is Andy going to die? Right. So, to us, so, uh, so allow me, Andy. Mm-hmm. Because because few of us get to hear our own. Hold on, let me let me settle in here. <laughs> where is it where Matt kills him? Please be in there. Okay. Andrew Taylor, aka Fact Check Andy, died on March first, twenty thirty two, after a brief stay in the University Medical Center trauma unit. He has a he was a beloved son brother, father, and co-host of the longest-running podcast in history, Geek Shock, and will be missed. After a brief stint as an airline pilot, which he ruined ten planes <laughs> and a dozen bars in, uh, barns in New England, <laughs> he went on to start his career as an arts in the arts as a caricature artist. He was killed last Saturday night after an incident on the Las Vegas Strip. A turkey escaped the theater that was showing the hit Las Vegas show, Chapeau. Yes. <laughs> and ran into traffic. Andy, fearing for the turkey's safety, ran into traffic to save it, but was hit by a truck carrying a large replica of the statue of the toilet paper hero of Hoover Dam, which is to be displayed at the XD in downtown Las Vegas. <laughs> the poultry was unharmed in the incident. He is preceded in death by his podcast co-host, Master Torgo, who died of suffocation after reading aloud a lengthy article in the News You Don't Give a Shit About segment without pausing to take a breath for commas <laughs> or punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all you guys do. Minty Scoop. Minty Scoop, that's fantastic. That was, right. that was poultry in motion. Good. It was. Yeah. It was beautiful. Mm. That's so beautiful. Uh, and if you have an obituary for one of us, write to us. Comments at UglyCowShow.com. We want to know how we die. I, I would have expected more. I, uh, Jake, I'm very surprised. Yeah. Mm. There's it's a, still early. Some people have a list of the episodes. Mm. There's a Harlan Ellison story. There's nothing but him writing obituaries of himself. Not obituaries, but it said, I died, da-da-da. I died, da-da-da. It's like, and it's like, like sometimes it's a sentence, sometimes it's a like, couple pages. With, find with over fifteen hundred short stories, I can believe. Yeah, that. I think it's time to do some news, guys. There's a lot of news that happened this week. Mm. Some good, some bad. So let's get the worst out of the way. News you don't give a shit about. Ow. Yay! I love it. <laughs> good to have you back. <laughs> Disney's live-action CGI family fa- family fantasy Christopher Robin won't be released in China. Yeah. While no concrete oh, reason, reason was oh, given, yes, of course, yes, the Hollywood Reporter claims that some sources have speculated that the decision had something to do with the fact that Winnie the Pooh has become a symbol of satire and resistance against China's ruling communist majority. Really, uh, some have been drawing comparisons online between the iconic bear and the current Chinese president and community party leader, Zing, uh, Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping? Yes. Sounds right. John Oliver poked fun at the outrage over the parallels, causing his HBO show last week tonight to promptly be blocked. <laughs> <laughs> this type of censorship in China is nothing new, and Christopher Robin isn't even the first Disney movie to be barred from theatrical release there this year. A Wrinkle in Time didn't debut there either. 
Oh, bother. The next Disney feature to open in China will be Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp on August 24th. Yes, if you look at uh, the head of the Communist Party of China and Winnie the Pooh, there is a resemblance between the two. So they're not showing... And don't they really hate the fact that he doesn't have pants or something? Mm-hmm. He don't they hate the fact that he doesn't have pants? That's I, what he's saying. I got it. Mm. Yeah. Translating for him. Okay. He he's was making fun of you eating a cookie, Kay. How dare he? I'm Cookie K. What can I do? Okay, Maple Leaf speaks cookie. You can translate. <laughs> That's right. News you don't give a shit about. That's what they speak in Ottawa, actually. It's just cookie. I'm moving to Ottawa. With Disney planning to launch its own streaming video service, there is one problem. It does not have the option at the moment to show Star Wars films. Oops. Although Disney bought Lucasfilm in 2012 and owns all the Star Wars films, the company sold the exclusive cable rights to most of the movies. The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, the prequels, and the entries Disney has made since then to AT&T subsidiary Turner Broadcasting in 2016 for $275 million. <laughs> now, How long? The, now, the rights to the very first movie, A New Hope, were owned by the original distributor Fox, with whom Turner made a separate deal. Now that the Disney service is on its way to becoming a reality, Disney understandably wants Star Wars to be the cornerstone of that business, including all the theatrical movies. Are they going to colorize them? Yes, that's exactly what they're going to <laughs> Turner Broadcasting is ejaculating dollar signs. But according to Bloomberg, Turner isn't ready to hand them over. Okay. The company o- my cold, dead hands. That company owns the rights to show the Star Wars films on TBS and TNT, as well as their online components, through 2024. And has no interest for now in losing what is probably a healthy ratings and advertising generator for both networks. <laughs> uh, Disney did make an inquiry about buying back the rights and was rebuffed. <laughs> That's not clear at this point whether it's just uh, an opening gambit in a negotiation or if Turner's going to really hold on to the films for the next six years. An inside source said it would take, quote, financial considerations and other programming options for Turner to give up the series before its rights expire. In the meantime, Disney is preparing other Star Wars material for the streaming service, including at least one new original series, perhaps even some new movies, and is pulling movies and TV shows from services like Netflix as well in advance of putting them on the Disney one. Will they get so desperate they show the Christmas special? No. I can guarantee <laughs> No, they will not. But for now... Reboot. Or at least until... Yes, Ooh, they can make a new one. Christmas special reboot. Yes. And at least until Disney and Turner negotiate a deal, uh, the Star Wars movies won't be part of the Disney service when it debuts at fall 2019. Wow. I'd like to imagine so, that corporate call when something like this. Hey, can we have the Disney movies back? And there's a long pause. And then... <laughs> 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 Click. All right. <laughs> so, wait, as far as, like, the, you know, getting sidetracked here with the Christmas special thing, but wasn't... <laughs> Wasn't, wasn't oh, Lucas, we're going down that path. Wasn't Lucas the only reason that was never shown again? Like, he, he hated it so yes. much that... And so Lucas, since he's out of the picture, Disney could theoretically... Theoretically, they absolutely that, could. They unless have, there's a Christmas special clause in the uh, agreement. 
I mean, because no, 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 there's, no. no, there's no Christmas clause. They have the entire archives, so wow. that's but in I'm the archives. Sh- that was confirmed some years ago that they still have of the, course. the original. It, it, it exists. Yeah. So, um, but it's, I, I'd be amazed. I mean, it's. I'm amazed if they release that. It's so. a tough watch, so I'm, I'm sure Disney's probably like, I think it's outlived its usefulness. So I, I think they said that midway through the premiere. Right, right. <laughs> so reboot, recasting. Who do we cast in all these roles if we're going to remake the movie? Okay, remake the Christmas special. <laughs> yes, Todd's like I didn't want to, but are, are you are you recasting the Wookies and and all of the original players? No, I'm, I say I'm casting like people like no. Art Carney and uh, and uh, oh, see, I was B. going Arthur. to say. Oh you, wait, you know who could play B. Arthur's role? Charlotte Ray. No, she couldn't. Oh, <laughs> too too soon. <laughs> like really I'm, too. I'm soon? So glad Andy's bringing the funny. You know, you know, <laughs> if they reboot the Star Wars Christmas special, they are not rebooting the comedy that isn't comedy. Oh come on, they got to. This there's nothing funny <laughs> yeah. about the comedy in this, and I can rest assured that Disney more than likely will not have the Wookie uh, porn. Yeah, the Wookie <laughs> porn moment. Where the where Grandpa Wookie oh, puts on the VR goggles? It. I was remembering. No, no, I have to explain it to everyone out there. You yeah. have seen the goddamn Who Christmas special. Who doesn't have it burned into their, into their retinas? Where Grandpa Wookie puts on VR goggles and watches a seductive come dance. Come on, guys, come on. You know, you know that it will be great with Beyonce. Mmm, little Wookie Nookie. But who's gonna who's gonna do uh, Jefferson Starship? Huh? Who's gonna Who's going to replace them? No Scru- one. Scru- no one. What? Starship is still here. It's still out yeah. there. It's true. As Headlined is Ted- by our very own Stephanie Calvert. That's right. As is Ted Turner, by the way. You made me look that up. I'm sorry? He said Ted Turner. This is about Ted Turner's cold, dead hands. I'm like, wait, when did he die? And I looked it up. He's still alive. <laughs> I- He's speechless. No. <laughs> Brain not long. working. That didn't take long. I win. <laughs> From my cold dead hands, meaning you get it once I'm dead. I yes. knew he wasn't. <laughs> oh, boy. You're right. Andy's bringing the funny. Yeah, I know. It's hysterical. It is. I broke back. Bring in the unfunny, maybe. Oh. News you don't give a shit about. Batch attack. <laughs> Fortnite. Yeah, has swept care. more than 125 million people up in its player versus player game. Wow. And being the last one standing has gotten serious. Moms and dads are reportedly paying elite players of Epic Ga- Epic's games hit multi-platformer to coach their kids into top fighting shape, doling what? out as much as $20 per hour to invest in training that will hopefully lead to battle royale bragging rights and possibly a payout. Uh, Dad Nick uh, Menon reports the Wall Street Journal hired a $20 per hour coach in the hopes that Noble, his 12-year-old son, will end up getting either a gaming scholarship or tournament prize money. Another dad, Adrian Luff, is putting all three of his Fortnite-playing kids through lessons with uh, tongue-in-cheek dreams that at least one of them will get good enough to, quote, fund my retirement, unquote. Well, nobody can go uh, up sorry to jump nope. in. I'm pretty sure one of the tournaments they just had in the summertime was a $100 million prize pool. 
Wow. Yeah. Something stupid like wow. that. Yeah, there's money. There was a... 10 million, 100 million, something. There was a big tournament on this trip. 20 million, sorry. Wow. <laughs> just just keep throwing numbers out there. I think it's 20 million, but that's still... Canadian or rare, King? Come on. Make <laughs> up your mind. Canadian Monopoly. This is great, Andy. What? You, you know Duncan's going to smash that shit. You're taken care of. I Fuck yeah. Does he play Fortnite? Mm-hmm. He will now. You're going to play this game. Boy, you're not doing anything else. Win daddy some money. Win daddy some money. Good news is you're quitting your job. Bad news. The talent pool demographic for Fortnite coaches appears to trend super young. Parents find experts willing to pass on their tips and skills via social media and contracting websites like Bitavine, which told Wall Street Journal's already placed more than 1,400 Fortnite coaches since March, negotiating a pay rate before turning their kids over to the pros. Uh, Logan Werner, a 18-year-old who's getting paid to finesse kids' Fortnite skills, said it's surreal that people are are willing to spend money on a hobby that, in his experience, many adults tend to view as a waste of valuable time. Quote, My dad would never have paid for me to take video game lessons, he said. Not all the parents Wall Street Journal interviewed said they're driven by the desire for their kids to excel at cutthroat competition or land the big money price payoff, though. Some in our view gaming lessons in much the same way they view coaching for any other extracurricular activity parents already are accustomed to paying for, sports, music, and art. Quote, I want them to excel at what they enjoy, explained Dad Ewan Robertson, who's paying for lessons for his two sons. What the hell were you looking at? I just couldn't figure out what's on that table. I still can't figure out what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I saw something that wasn't there. And Todd, like, what's that doing? Oh. Todd, good story. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your video game bill is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, it's, well, the one guy who's like, my dad never, you know what? Dude, your dad would have if there were prize money to be had. Right. There's scholarships now. Yep. It's amazing. So. I thought when you started that, I thought you were going a completely different direction. Because wasn't there a story a while back about somebody hiring somebody to assassinate his kid's video game character so they'd stop playing? Probably. Yeah. But that's not what he wants. That's. He wants the money. Wow. I think that happened. I think no, there was. It was like a Chinese dad or something like that. That sounds like, right. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, in-game I mean, assassination. I'm impressed with stories like Lewis's wife keeps getting ganked by this guy in WoW. Pardon? So, <laughs> we, we, Do we have to break this down out of gamer speak to make sure this is well understood? I hope so. Understood. I, I, I love and respect rub cake. <laughs> I want to hear about her getting ganked. Ganked in WoW. <laughs> in the WoW. And, and so Lewis pops in with his character, and just starts ganking the guy and killing him over and over until finally, and then he follows him and he goes after him, and, and finally the guy is begging him, <laughs> leave me alone! And Lewis is like, leave my wife alone. <laughs> and, <laughs> those are inspiring yeah. stories of love and support. Yeah. Not assassinating <laughs> your kid's character. Jesus Christ. And there's nothing permanent in these games for assassinating these characters. It's not like 
you kill them once and they're gone. Unless there's yeah, a- the kid's shedding tears because he has to start all over again, not because he's quitting. They just run to your character and uh, pick up the loot. Unless, who knows what game this is, frankly. I'm looking it up. You're looking it up? Yep. I need to know the game. In the meantime, Weekend Geek! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes. Will reprise his role as Jean-Luc Picard in a new CBS all-access Star Trek series. The Star Trek legend told the crowd that the rumors are accurate at the Star Trek Con in Las Vegas. Quote, with overwhelming joy, it is a privilege to welcome Sir Patrick Stewart back to the Star Trek fold. For over 20 years, fans have hoped for the return of Jean-Luc Picard. And that day is finally here. We can't wait to forge new ground, surprise people, and honor generations both new and old. And that's a quote from showrunner Alex Kurtzman. Yeah, now, the, the full scope of this, <laughs> Alex Kurtzman was, I don't think he was a scheduled guest, but he came out and then surprised the audience with Patrick Stewart. Because he wasn't supposed to be at the con. He was not supposed to be at the con. Stewart. He was, Patrick Stewart was not scheduled to be at the con. So that was the surprise announcement that I had to find out well after it happened. Instead of somebody coming, hey, guys, Patrick Stewart is in the hall making a big announcement. <laughs> Instead, it's okay. check your Twitter feed, and I'm yeah. going to watch you check it. Oh, I hope they just throw us like a curveball right from left field. Oh, Captain John Leapcar, how are you? Boop. <laughs> it's like, it's like a <laughs> All right, Andy handed me... <laughs> The story <laughs> that we were referencing about the father, it's its in WoW. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so there's a, no killing. A Chinese g- version of WoW. Okay. It's still the same game. Yeah. Just different language, you idiot. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I am going to read the, this one all the same because I, I do like the wording of that first sentence. A Chinese father has paid an in-game hitman... To kill his son's characters in online video games, similar to World of Warcraft, in an attempt to push him into finding a job. <laughs> I love that <laughs> sentence. And, uh, I see, like, Agent 47, like, red tie, black suit, computer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the family's name is uh, Feng. The younger Feng responded to his father that he could not find a job, but just, but just not one. He could find a job, but just not one he liked. The elder Fang was not impressed with his son's response and hired higher level players that his than his son to kill him in game in hopes he would stop playing the games. Uh, speaking f- about his father move, Zhao Fang said, "I could play or I could not play. It doesn't bother me. I'm not looking for any job. I want to take some time to find one that suits me." Apparently, the father and son reconciled, leaving the elder Fang relieved. It's not clear if his plan worked or if his son found a job. <laughs> There's the story. That's that's it. Yep. That was 2013. 2013. I wonder if he found a job since. I hope so. He's, yes, he's a Winnie the Pooh impersonator. <laughs> oh. Well, that job didn't last long then at all, did it? Uh, actor Dave Bautista continues to support Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn. Go Dave whose firing a couple weeks ago has thrown the future of that franchise into chaos. Gunn was fired by Disney after controversial tweets of his resurfaced, and though none of his colleagues defend its contents or its behavior, his behavior, which Gunn has apologized for both then and now, 
A host of supporters have come out defending the man himself. The Guardian's cast released a joint letter of support, which we talked about on the show, while Volume 2 star Kurt Russell has spoken out, as has Selma Blair. But it's the man behind Drax, the destroyer, Batista, who has arguably been the most vocal. In a new interview with Shortlist, Batista makes his boldest remarks yet, saying that if Disney and Marvel don't use Gunn's already completed script for a third installment, then he is ready to walk. Quote, Where I'm at right now is if that they don't use that script, then I'm going to ask them to release me from my contract, cut me out, or recast me, Batista said. I'd be doing James a disservice if I didn't, unquote. The quotes come just a day after Batista tweeted another defensive gun in which he said, Guardians without James Gunn is not what I signed up for. It remains to be seen whether Disney will change its tune. A report last week claimed that the studio was unlikely to bring Gunn back. Meanwhile, a fan petition in support of Gunn has collected more than 30, oh, sorry, 360,000 signatures, and that number continues to climb. Movie Bob had a really good thing on the James Gunn situation and approached it from a pretty logical standpoint. This is not about James Gunn specifically getting rehired, but more about the theme of this is a start. This is a successful attack on the character of a person. It's a, sex, a successful character assassination, which only emboldens the people that did so. With to move del- forward right. and, and progress. With a deliberate misunderstanding. Yes. What the original so, was. The only thing Disney could really do to fix the problem is to say, say something in regards to Gunn, saying, look, we made a mistake, we reacted before we fully investigated the thing, and at le- maybe not rehire James Gunn, but at least give some kind of a, we're sorry, we should have looked before we left, etc. kind of thing. And, and you know, and he even makes the point in his, um, I'm not even going to call it a tirade, but in his lengthy discussion of the subject that James Gunn will be fine. Yes. He'll find other work. It's not a monetary thing. It's more about the principle of the firing, is that, that this, this jerk dug up something from years ago, made people think that it was something current when it wasn't, and then set it out of context so that it made it look way worse than it actually was, tied it into something else that was a complete fictional, uh, a complete fabrication, rather, about this Hollywood uh, pedophilia ring and turned it into something that made the rest of the public who aren't bothering to research it go, oh, well, of course he should have gotten fired. In fact, uh, it's, it's fascinating seeing the number of people who have actually taken the time to look at the whole instance and look at the incident and go, oh, this is what actually happened step by step, and then realize, okay, maybe we shouldn't have reacted the way that we did, and then have scaled back or since said, the things that I said about James Gunn, I was wrong. So it does seem that the general public is starting to turn around, at least the ones that maybe reacted first and then didn't, you know. Sure. It's it's a constructed hit job. Yes. Which is, and I've seen a lot of people try to conflate it with the, the whole Roseanne incident, for example. Yeah. And it's a whole different no, it's thing. It's not apples and oranges. Yeah. It's something that somebody did a long time ago. Someone repackaged it as something newish 
and uh, it wasn't like Roseanne's thing where it was. It's a continued pattern of behavior and, and with Roseanne. Yes, exactly. Because have you seen the 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 video of her where they were? She's starting like this new podcast thing. Okay. And she did a video where she's like, "I want to say why I was fired. It's not about a joke. It's because I voted for Trump." And that was like the start of some recording they were doing, and they. She's in. She's dressed in different clothes, but she's in the same kind of set and everything. And they're filming for this vlog podcast, and she's she's freaking out. <clears throat> she's actually like, I didn't know she was black. And you hear this voice, but mm-hmm. I uh, was uh, conjectured that it was the producer of of what she's doing. He's like, Yeah, I know. You've already said that. And she's like, I didn't. I thought the bitch was white. I thought the bitch was white. And she's like kind of losing it right there. It does not look like uh, um, uh, an acty, jokey meltdown. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what this podcast is going to be like. It looked like she was losing her shit Mm -hmm. and she's teetering right on the fucking edge. Oh, man. You know, and that's one of the things about Roseanne versus Gunn because he has he. It doesn't he's matter what he the, was 10 years ago. Yeah, he is not the, that person now, and yeah. it is so demonstrably evident. Yeah, and he spent the, the better part of that time trying to make up for those stupid jokes. I mean, yeah. what was it, like the year after he said it? He was just like, you know what? That was stupid. Yeah. made no sense. You know, I he walked it back and then, you know, jumped forward to 2012 it came up. He apologized for it again. Said, "Look, I've worked really hard to try to put that behind me," and then, of course, now it comes up again, and he's having to apologize. So it, this is something he's basically had to apologize for at least three times, if not more. Mm. It's it's that whole you know judge the person by the content or by the context of their character. Sure. And I, I would say uh, Robert Downey Jr. has changed a little bit since yeah. like, twenty years ago. Junior is a perfect example. He yeah. got out of rehab. He turned his career around. He's turned into a very magnanimous character. Bobcat uh, Goldweight's uh, Goldweight too. His uh, his comment, his open letter to Disney. Yeah, because he was talking about his comedy and stuff. The other thing about this that really <clears throat> appalls me, the thing I actually find most appalling, is how quickly people are willing to jump on that shit. Yeah, it's like I hear a pedophilia rumor, I get chills, mm-hmm. and I research the fuck out of it. Because I want to make sure I know all the facts before I start hating that person. And where it came from, too. And it's amazing how many people are just like, bang, zoom, I've heard it, I hate him. And it's like, of all the things, there's so, it's bad to jump to conclusions, but of all the things to just go straight to and believe without even thinking, it's appalling to me. Sure. I mean, the whole QAnon thing's trying to make uh, Tom Hanks a pedophile now. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're, they're, they're talking him, him more and more about people. QAnon. Yeah. There's now the, you, have, you heard the latest rumor that some people think it's, a, it's an incredible troll on the alt-right. Huh. And it's like, it's like the deliberate, stupid conspiracies that are being put out to show what people will believe. Well, it makes sense if Pizzagate worked. Mm. Yeah. Moving oh, wait, on. Alex Jones. What about it? I know Alex Jones. He got the... Yeah. Apple, uh, YouTube, uh, um, 
wherever the fuck else he's been. Yeah, well, he's, according, he, according to him, we're all Alex. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he's been dumped from so many. Yeah. That's I mean, that's just well, all violations of the terms of the platforms that he was on. But at the same time. If he's been violating uh, some of these are older podcasts, yeah, it means he violated it a long time ago. Oh no, they're, so they're responding to public pressure. Yeah. Well, there's that's, no fucking doubt. That's part of it, but it means just the, at, up to this point, nobody has reported it and said, "Hey, this is maybe not right. You should look into it." So whether they just refuse to look into it until now, or on the gun know. thing, there's a money thing too. I think there's mm. an argument that. Another Guardians of the Galaxy movie, the groundwork is laid so solidly that they could get a cheaper director in there to do it. And still would be the groundwork was so solid that it'd be fine. And Disney doesn't care about what people say, really, because they'd be freaking out about having Sarah Silverman in their movies. But her movie isn't out yet, so they can't jump on her because her movie doesn't come out until November. I think also Sarah is different because... I think the 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 trolls are learning who to go after cuz as we've said Gunn is no longer like that whereas Silverman she's always been like this, that that's her brand yeah. mm-hmm. that is what she's known for that's a and I think it's harder persona. it's harder to torpedo someone when she's totally in the luxury of going yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> she she even said in her quote, uh, some people are ref- referencing a joke I said not too long ago. I mean, she was just like right up in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Oswald, the other uh, other comedians that are on their hit list. Well, it's like Trey and Matt Stone back in the day. A yeah, bit. exactly. Like, oh, whatever, go ahead. So it's sort of, I think the is. trolls are learning who they can torpedo with this. Who the who the studios and corporations will react to? You are right. The movie isn't out yet, and that might mean something. But then again, Guardians Three is a fucking year away. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's more than a year away, right? Probably. <clears throat> I, I is it or no? It's sometime in wasn't it in twenty nineteen? Well, I don't think it was ever officially on the schedule. Yeah, but that's I true. think they I think they were saying late twenty uh, mm-hmm. nineteen, early twenty twenty. Right. So I, I yeah, it's just. It, it, Often they go to a cheaper director for the third movie. Well, well, but here's the thing: it's it's Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios doesn't always go with the cheapest option, no, yeah, i.e., and rebooting also, dude, and I recasting. Don't th- I don't think they do that. I think the director opts out. You think so? I think the studio is more than happy to always have the successful director in the sequel if they're willing to do it. <clears throat> it's like Michael one of those, Bay. Yeah, it's one of those. Don't mess with the formula. If it's yeah, successful. and I, I and it brings a name. Mm-hmm. You know, Gunn is the director, the most visible director for the Marvel movies right now. And Guardians One and Two were some of their most profitable movies, and just amazing. So, so I don't, I really, I, I don't quite buy into that because I also think Gunn. I don't know who the other director would be. Mm-hmm. I think Gunn. His own name as director would guarantee an X amount of money yeah. that no one else will bring in. As Sub- just supposition. I'm spitballing, spitballing, but yeah, no, it. Well, it's always easy to go to the money thing with Hollywood mm. because Hollywood. But there's more money, I think, to have him, mm-hmm. whatever his fee is, versus not. I that's think my, that's I, I will say, you know, from the whole, you know. 
quotes of support for James Gunn. The best one from it, it came from his brother. Talked about. He says, "I've watched the character. You know, my brother's character improve dramatically over the years, and he is not the same person he was back then. And he's a much better person now. And yeah. you know, it just mm. you beautiful. Know, I mean, obviously, you're gonna try to support your your sibling no matter what. But but the way he put it was just so so beautiful." It's like, okay, this is more than just a voice of support for somebody you're related to. This is a voice of support for somebody who genuinely thinks this person has become a better human being. Why is that the only gun that Republicans want to ban? Yeah. hey Bring in the funny. Yeah. Thanks to Fathom Events, Hasbro sure. Studios, and Shout Factory, Transformers the movie will return to movie theaters across the U.S. for one night. Yes. On Thursday, September 27th at 7 p.m. local time. The film has been remastered and restored and transferred to HD. Oh, this is the old animated one. This is the original yes. oh, okay. 80s one. I was wondering why <laughs> this was like, in this, this section. Is the wrong category, <laughs> Yeah, I was, absolutely. <laughs> we were just talking to Michael Bay, dude. Yeah. Uh, this event will also show a making of featurette for the upcoming live-action Bumblebee feature film. Meh. A new interview with singer-songwriter Stan Bush and recent performances of the songs The Touch and Dare from the movie. In Transformers the movie, the Autobots led by Optimus... Dare or Dare to be Stupid? Both. No, it's in there. Dare is in there. Dare to be Stupid is a different song altogether. In Transformers the movie, the Autobots led by Optimus Prime prepare to retake the planet... Uh, from the evil forces of Megatron and the Decepticons. Unknown to both sides, a menacing force is headed their way. The planet-eating entity of Unicron, voiced by Orson Welles in his last performance. The movie was originally created as a feature-length commercial for Hasbro's new line of Transformers toys, which is why so many of the main characters get wiped out in the first ten minutes, Yep. (laughs) but unintentionally wound up being a cultural touchstone for many people who grew up in the 80s. Tickets for Transformers the movie will go on sale Friday, August 3rd. Hey, hey, go get them. And can be purchased online or at participating movie theaters. A complete list of theater locations are available on Fathom Events' website. Ba, weep, grana, weep, ninny bone. Where are the the, uh, theaters? You're on your phone. You looking it up? (laughs) No. No, he's not anywhere anywhere near it. Nope. (laughs) As soon as he said uh, something that had the word Stan in it, I remembered, oh, I want to look up the meaning of Stan. Eminem's uh, Stan's, oh. my Stan's. Oh, wow. that, that popped up on my job the other day. And I was just like, I got to look that up. But I was so busy, I didn't. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to look this up while he's talking about this movie I don't care about. There it is. See, that's <laughs> what? That, that's the service what, I Kirsten? give. Yeah. So I, what I, does it mean? One of the greatest <laughs> movies of our generation you don't care about? Stan is a maniacal a crazed fan of like a celebrity of an athlete and so my stands are are the the really dedicated mm. fans and apparently it can also be a verb and where you can say i stand so and so and such and such because you're such a fan gotcha so unhealthy is what it is gotcha. it's very unhealthy unhealthy did i mention that part yeah transformers okay. the movie is unhealthy that's what he said <laughs> Jeff was going for it, and then he, he put his mic down. He, I stand. Well, I, I had Orson something. Wells. I was like, I was like, nah. 
Nah. Till all are one. We That's don't place. Till all are one. I'm just marveling at this next uh, story. I, I spelled it Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers. But Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is expanding. No, you, you said it wrong. Is expanding their Halloween offerings with Horror Made Here, a special nighttime version of their studio tour in Burbank, California. The studio has reimagined last year's It Maze, based on the popular movie It Chapter One, which debuted in the inaugural season of Horror Made Here last year. The studio has been has also reinvented the Conjuring Universe maze. According to Warner Brothers press release, Annabelle is still creeping around the maze, but the studio has added the demonic nun, first seen in Conjuring 2, and set to star in her own film. The, the, the nun. In theaters, no September 7th. <laughs> no one. A new maze has been added as well. That Batman Arkham Asylum. We call it corn, by the Ooh. way. So... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. There's a callback. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's bringing the funny. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess he's trying. <laughs> the he's new trying. maze, Bar- Batman Arkham Asylum. The inmates. Now, now I'm seeing it spelled as maze. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Andy. Yep. The inmates are running Arkham Asylum, and you must avoid the Joker and other DC supervillains to escape. <laughs> There's no avoiding the Joker. <laughs> the tour. The tour cart will also take you to a nightmare on Camp Crystal Lake where you'll be left to explore the Freddy Krueger slash Jason Voorhees crossover on your own. Also new this year is a forbidden screening of 1973's classic The Exorcists. Uh, Audiences will enjoy a 4D screening. (laughs) I was about to joke about that. Pea soup and pistachio ice cream. Of the most terrifying scenes from The Exorcist in a backlot church. (laughs) 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 Just coming out of the seat in front of you. (laughs) And you know how they fire the pea soup and pistachio ice cream? Out of two blear bells. Just, just power through. Just, wow! Just stop. Just, That's such a just deep cut. Yeah. It just like cut the veins and the arteries. And the <laughs> for the three people that got that, though, it was like pure candy. Uh, I no, no, because no, I, I got it all. It I got it all. We all got it, Andy. No, no, it wasn't. I'd rather have the pea that, soup that was that was ice cream. shitty jello beans. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> vomit flavored. It's a vomit flavored birdie vomit beans. <laughs> the the word is forever broken, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Horror made here will also some offer some non maze events, including an exhibit of authentic. Because they're too corny. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Shut up, ladies and gentlemen. Andy is killing himself. God. He's literally <laughs> laughing so hard he can ha- hardly breathe. Face is beat red. Him and his shirt are matching right now. Hopefully he passes out Ooh. soon and then hits his head <laughs> off the table edge there. Horror me. Uh, let's see. Includes an exhibit of authentic props and costumes from Tim Burton's films: Beetlejuice, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, and Mars Attacks. A Lost Boys themed retro arcade. <laughs> Horror makeup demonstrations, a guided backlot tour to check out some iconic horror filming locations, a Devil's Drop Tower, and a Fantasia Bar based on the HBO True Blood series. Hmm. Devil's Devil's Drop Tower. That like sounds right up your alley, Torgo. That sounds Devil's right Tower? up your alley. That's why I'm talking about it. I'm just waiting <laughs> to remind me it exists. Yeah. 
What about Devil's, Devil's Drop? Drop Tower, like Devil's Tower in Wyoming? Or? No, it's going to be one of those 90-foot drop towers that are you know, okay. at the carnivals. Horror mm. Made here does have tough competition, of course. It's in the Los Angeles area, and Los Angeles area does Halloween well. There's yeah. Universal Studios Horror Halloween Nights in its 21st year. Not Scary <laughs> Farm in its 46th year. Six Flags Fright Fest in its 35th year. And Disneyland's child-friendly Mickey's Halloween Party which has existed on and off for about 30 years. And outside the major amusement parks, there are the annual events like Booth Zoo, the Haunted Hayride, Dark Harbor at Queen Mary, and countless ghost tours, Halloween parties, movie marathons, and amateur home haunts created by <laughs> film professionals. I, I, I've heard that Queen Mary thing. Yeah, I heard that's great. Isn't that, that's like really, really cool. I mean, of course, it's fucking LA, so yeah, but it, it's really, really cool. Uh, yeah, I hear great things. The about whole it. ghost ship, I yeah, I they, they have they have outdoor mazes around it, but yeah, they have one or possibly even two mazes on the ship itself. Well, Long and Beach the, in and, and of itself the, is scary enough, so yeah. <laughs> you're gonna try to make that horror themed. <laughs> <laughs> you just, laugh, but it is it's a scary the yeah, area yeah, around yeah. the area around the around the harbor is fine. It's but great. Yeah. It's got the yes. aquarium but, there. But you still gotta drive through the bad right. parts to get to yeah. there. Um, I'm actually surprised that it's taken them so long to do that because I just see a stop of light. Boo, motherfucker! Give me the car. <laughs> Boo. There's Boo. number one major money to be made in it, and number two, the more and more groups that are doing this, they're starting to have to turn people away because there's more people wanting to go to these things than they can take. I think even like SeaWorld in San Diego was doing it too, uh, yeah. a Halloween themed thing at night with their parks. So. I mean, I did the the VIP backlot tour at uh, at Warner's, and it's not like they don't have space to do it. In fact, uh, there's a lot of areas they could easily turn into creepy maze stuff that they could, you know, it's, easily. It's a freaking movie lot. Yeah, they got I mean, space. They got tons of space. I mean, not as big as like say Universal, but still a lot of space. Yeah. So yeah, kudos. Go for it. That's what I say. Last my, summer. Oh, sorry. Please. All right. Have you my my uh, ex's family used to pronounce it Knott's Berry Farm. That's kind of how it's actually. I know. Supposed to be I, I never heard it. But I mean, I, I, as a Easterner, it was always Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm. But it's and the Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Knott's Farm. Owned, yeah. It was like a clear, distinct Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. Was it actually a berry farm at any point? Yes. Okay. Yes. In its <laughs> earliest days. Okay. And I think they added like a a fake Western town to it, and uh, it grew out of that. Okay. Because it was the Knott's. Um, jelly factory, mm-hmm. basically. Well, that's where they grew. That's what is inception, but it be- quickly became a theme park, and then. And that's why that fried chicken restaurant is one of the oldest in yes. all of California. Yeah, exactly. Last summer, it was announced uh, that streaming giant Netflix had purchased Mark Miller's comic book company, Miller World, with plans to adapt the writer's comic books into various TV shows and feature length films. Netflix announced five series and movies it has an active development so here we go this is what we're going to expect from netflix and mark miller okay first not up red, does not a red light green light no it is okay because some of these are movies you know so it don't work for movies only tv shows i got a shitload of red light and green light in here though oh my god so many first up jupiter's legacy <gasps> yeah oh god yeah lead, leading with the with oh the winners oh my god yeah a 2013 comic series about superheroes that received their abilities in the 1930s. Quote, in present day, they are revered elder guard, 
but their superpowered children struggle to live up to the legendary feats of their parents, unquote. It reads the official show description. Former Daredevil showrunner and Pacific Rim Uprising director Stephen S. DeKnight will serve as showrunner and executive producer. Mm. DeKnight, mm. who recently signed a major deal with Netflix as well, is set to direct the first episode. So, yeah, the first thing, Jupiter's Legacy. Oh, my God. It's a fantastic comic book. A very dark, oh, fantastic God. comic book. Damn, it's All right, good. so for those of us that haven't read it, what's it? What's the, the I, I honestly I don't honestly I, all the synopsis I gave you there okay. is all I want to give you about it. Okay. About the ch- superpowered children trying to live up to the legacy of their parents. How, how long is it? Is it ongoing or is it a miniseries? No, no it it ended. I, no, it's it's four or five issues. It's it's short. Yeah. And you have Jupiter's Circle, which I believe is a prequel. Um. But it's it's actually brief. It's a specific story. It's not an ongoing. It's a specific story about something that occurs. So is this, this being done as a, is this being done as a series or as a movie? Uh, it doesn't say. I'm okay. not sure. It would probably just be a series, and it would be a, a mini series. Yeah, it'd be like a limited. It would work. It would work thing. like that, especially if they if they started with Jupiter's Circle and just went through. Damn. Hmm. Next on the docket is the multilingual American Jesus which centers on a young boy who discovers that he is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Using both English and Spanish dialogue, the series will be overseen by both uh, Averdo Gout, who is part of Marvel's Luke Cage, and Leopoldo Gout, who is part of Molly's Game and Instinct. Uh, The first film project, so those first two are TV. Okay. So the first film project is Empress, a drama set in space which focuses on Queen Emporia, the wife of the brutal galactic dictator King Morax. Emporia escapes with her children, but eluding her husband isn't so easy. No director has been chosen yet, but Lindsay Beer, who's behind King Keller Chronicle and the upcoming Sierra Burgess is a loser for Netflix, will write the script while Joe Roth and Jeff Kirschenbaum from The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle and Maleficent will produce. The second movie coming from the pages of Miller World is Huck. Set in a quiet town near the sea, the story's main protagonist is Huck, a dude who uses his special abilities to do good deeds each day. His neighbors are all too happy to keep his powers a secret, but the bubble is burst when a newcomer comes to town to alert the media, setting our hero on a life-changing adventure. And again, no director has been chosen for this one, but Ted Melfi, behind Hidden Figures at St. Vincent, is adapting it to a feature film, with Neil H. Moritz and Toby Jaff set to produce. And finally, lastly... We've got Sharky the Bounty Hunter, the tale of an intergalactic bounty hunter with a 10-year-old partner who operates out of an old ice cream truck, which is now rocket-powered. Michael Bacall from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and 21 Jump Street is handling the script for this one. Wow. Green light. So, yeah. Expect good things from Middle World. What the fuck is Netflix. that face for, Andy? Ten-year-old boy, ice cream truck. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. After, I our, knew it. after I knew all of our discussions, oh, God. that seems like territory I would not want to tread in. <laughs> if it's done well. Uh, oh, good Lord. <laughs> there are some things, no matter how well, well they're done, you know. It's the best snuff I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, shit. And the... Uh, the last story is also a Netflix story because they've acquired the rights to an adaptation of George Orwell's Animal Farm. 
Andy Serkis will direct the motion capture film. Orwell's 1945 allegorical novella centers on a group of animals who rebel against the humans who own the farm and win their independence. The leaders of the revolution attempt to create a utopian society based on equality, but a big pig named Napoleon corrupts the leader's original intentions, systematically eliminates his rivals, brainwashes and gaslights the other animals living in the society, and enacts seven commandments, the basic of which declares that all animals are created equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Although Animal Farm is based on the Russian Revolution and Stalin's subsequent Russia Union regime, Cavendish said in a statement that the plan is to adapt the story, quote, in a thoroughly contemporary fashion, which will highlight the staggering relevance today of the satirical and dramatic power of Orwell's reimagined classic. Animal Farm, circus oh, yeah. style. Hmm. Andy Circus in motion capture. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm on board yep. with that. That sentence alone. Green light all around, except for the uh, ice cream truck. What? Green light everywhere all around. But it's rocket powered. (laughs) God! Rocket powered pederasty. Wow! I am not naming that episode this at all. That is not the name of the episode. Man. (laughs) All right, I I got time for one more. Random House Studio announced a partnership with best selling fantasy novelist Brandon Sanderson who is making an original concept for TV called Dark One. Sanderson will also be working on an accompanying graphic novel for the show that will be published by Vault Comics. Dark One is said to be a dramatic fantasy adventure spotlighting a young man who sees visions of strange and fantastical worlds, which he is told are just hallucinations, but turn out to be very real indeed. Sanderson's previous books have taken place in fantastical worlds, which encompass an intricate system of magic driving the plots and have graced the New York Times bestseller list six times. Fremantle Media is producing. They're responsible for American Gods series and the number one show on stars during its premiere season. I see elf people. You do see elf people. What do you see? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And uh, don't forget, if you have an obituary for one of us, we want to know how we die. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. I see ice cream trucks. <laughs> Fact checked, Andy. Maple Leaf Matt. Who? Then we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Not Here, me. Here's to the next 50. You're going somewhere. I'm going to Iowa. I got I to gotta find out what the queers are doing to the soil. What? That'll make sense <laughs> to you later. It's not making sense to me now. Nah. There's a dead milkman song called Stuart. Look it up. It'll make oh, you okay. happy. You know what? I know a lot of Dead Milkman songs, but I don't think I know Stuart. God, he's really milking this nursing thing. Mm. No, I'm from Iowa. I only Mm. work in outer space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where is that? How far is that from Des Moines? (laughs) I'll have to look it up for you. Des Moines. Well, that's okay. You know. If it's like any other city in Iowa, it's probably a couple hours. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like every city in Iowa is like two hours from every other city. I think they had a setup there where they actually set the, the it was like on a grid out there and everything was like all the, there were crossroads every mile and then there were cities every 10 miles and major cities every 100 miles. Crop circles every 50 miles. Yeah. Well, there is a statue of Captain Kirk at the, uh, at the, um, Good morning. The city that uh, he's born in that oh. I'll, I'll find out here oh, in a okay. second. We're going we're gonna to hunt this down. So y'all <coughs> be in Des Moines drawing caricatures. Drawing car- how long? Uh, about 10 days. 10 days. Yeah. 
So not next next week or the week after that. I will be here. There'll be I only miss one episode. I think. Okay, so. I can't let Matt hog all the glory. Well, I'm glad you got all the funny in in this episode. Oh yeah, River yeah. worked overtime. I was so actually enjoying that. The dumber it got, the more I liked it. Riverside, <laughs> Iowa, future birthplace of James T. Kirk. Ah, there you go. So Population we'll see you in Riverside. And Shock Monkeys, we will talk to you next week without this funny man. Yeah, yes. it's gonna be so dull. That's uh, not the word I'd use. <laughs> Thank you.